Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. I know it's been a month since I've done a Facebook Live show or a YouTube Live show, but I am back. We have a jam-packed show. I hope everybody had a great Christmas. We've got a lot to talk about. So I haven't been doing my Facebook Live shows because I've been sick. I was getting over getting sick. I did some audio-only shows, and then I had what you would call the broadcaster's worst nightmare as I completely lost my voice for a week. I was still calling games because, you know, hey, I got to call some games. But I had some audio-only shows uh, last week, you know, just getting my voice back and and so I'm back, and uh, I'm excited about uh, being here tonight, as I'm here to talk about NFL Week 16, as uh, we had some Christmas games yesterday that didn't go the way as planned, especially for the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. The Atlanta Falcons get a big win over the Indianapolis Colts. They are still alive for the playoffs, and then Georgia getting ready to take on Florida State in the Orange Bowl later this Saturday down in Miami. There's so much to talk about. We even got all the local stuff that I'm going to cover later on in the show to include the Border Wars, which is happening tomorrow on the campus of Glenwood. We got the LaGrange Toyota Classic that's up in LaGrange, and there's a lot of talented teams in that as well. Columbus State Cougars and Lady Cougars will be in action this weekend. And you also have the River Dragons taking on the Carolina Thunderbirds for a three-game series. So let's get this show started. I am not going to waste any more time. And I am going to talk about that game last night between the San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens. The two best teams with the best records going into NFL Week 16, the last time this happened was 1993, Week 18. This looked like it was a preview of the Super Bowl. And the big question that came out, because I was listening to Sports Talk Radio, as a 49ers fan, yeah, I'm bummed out. They lose to Baltimore by a score of 33-18, to 19, 33-19. <clears throat> and I was a little bummed out. I was listening to Sports Talk Radio shows. And, you know, everybody everywhere, they say, oh, Brock Purdy is no longer the MVP. So that ship has sailed. I mean, I was selling my Brock Purdy MVP stock. I'm not going to sell my Brock Purdy stock just yet because I still think that Brock Purdy is probably the best quarterback that Kyle Shanahan has had in a long time. But he is not a top five quarterback. Last week, I got on this show. And if you listen to my show, I do have audio-only podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. That's neither here nor there. But I said that Brock Purdy was a top-five quarterback. Well, I'm backpedaling just a little bit. I'm taking that back. Look, he was in a situation where he was facing the number one defense in the NFL. And when he threw those picks, look, he had four interceptions. Some of those interceptions were not his fault. They were tip passes. But when the snowball just continues to go downhill and it just unravels and the wheels start coming off and you commit five turnovers as a team, you're not going to win the football game. The 49ers outrushed the Ravens. They outgained the Ravens. They had more first downs, but they committed five turnovers 
and you're going to lose the game just about every time. Yes, Brock Purdy had a bad game. Probably his worst game in his NFL career. But I think he's going to bounce back. I think that the 49ers have still have everything in front of them. They beat the Commanders in Week 17, and they beat the Rams. They will be the number one seed, and they will have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. I still think the San Francisco 49ers are a good team, but Trent Williams is so valuable. When he left that game, you saw that Ravens defensive line led by Jadavian Clowney and then Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith. I mean, how big has Roquan Smith been for this Ravens defense? It was just too much to overcome. And even though the 49ers, they lost by two touchdowns, I just didn't think that they had the capability of coming back and winning that game. Remember, Kyle Shanahan has not won a game when his team has trailed by eight or more points going into the fourth quarter. With that being said, Brock Purdy becomes only the third 49ers quarterback to pass for 4,000 yards. And if there's anybody on the 49ers that I would give my MVP vote to is Christian McCaffrey. He still had a great game. It's just that Brock Purdy was overwhelmed. That first interception, that was on him. But then the last three, his, his arm was tipped. Toward the end, you know, he got a pass rush and, and that ball just sailed and it got picked. And then those two interceptions where the Ravens defense tipped those balls and then they were intercepted. I mean, what can you do? The 49ers were down 13-5. to Hats off to the 49ers defense for keeping the Ravens out of the end zone. But let's talk about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was the best player on the team on the field for the Baltimore Ravens, and he is the true MVP. The Baltimore Ravens right now, they have the best record in the NFL, and I think that the Ravens are now the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Now, now if these two teams meet in the Super Bowl, I think the 49ers will play a lot better. I highly doubt they're going to commit five turnovers, but they're going to have to run the football with Christian McCaffrey. They were able to move the football on that Ravens defense. So that is one thing. Brock Purdy cannot make those mistakes. That first drive when the 49ers were just marching down the field, he throws that ill-advised interception to Kyle Hamilton, one of the best safeties in the league. You cannot make that mistake. You pretty much just cost your team seven points against the number one defense in the league. 33-19, the 49ers fall to 11-4. But Lamar Jackson had two touchdowns. 252 yards. This quarterback is playing on fumes. I mean, the starting running back was out. He's got a rookie wide receiver, Zay Flowers. He's got a retread in Odell Beckham Jr. Mark Andrews, his tight end, was out. And yet, he still is the best player on the field. And even when the 49ers had a pass rush, he would just roll to the left and then throw the ball with ease. He is a passing quarterback. And the 49ers did a good job containing him, in, except with that last run all the way to get them into field goal range to end the first half. And I seriously thought this was a close game. Halftime, 16-12, to 12, the 49ers got the ball to start the second half. But Brock Purdy goes three and out. Ravens get a touchdown. Purdy with the interception. Ravens get another touchdown. Two touchdowns in 18 seconds, and the 49ers could not overcome that. So in a blink of an eye, the Baltimore Ravens, 
jumped out to a 30-12 lead, and they scored on seven straight possessions. That's why they won the game. The Baltimore Ravens can clinch home field advantage next week when they beat the Miami Dolphins, which they will. They're going to win out. They're going to be the number one seed. I know that I was thinking that the Chiefs could win out and possibly get the number one seed if the Ravens did lose to the 49ers. I think the Baltimore Ravens feel that they were disrespected. They were a six-point underdog going into this game, and they made a statement by punching the 49ers in the mouth, and then now we'll see. You got Trent Williams that's banged up. Hopefully Brock Purdy will be ready. I know that was just a stinger. He actually left the game, and Sam Darnold came in and actually drove down and scored a touchdown for the 49ers, and the 49ers had a chance. Sam Darnold was driving down the field once again. If they were to get a touchdown, remember they had all three of their timeouts. If they end the two-minute warning, the Ravens' defense kept them out of the end zone. They got that interception, but if the Ravens allowed a touchdown there right before the two-minute warning, all the pressure would be on the Ravens to try to ice the game because the 49ers were about to go down and make it a two, a one-score game. I know, I talked the first 10 minutes talking about that Monday night football game on Christmas. It really was a great Christmas lineup. Before that, you had the Eagles beating the Giants 33-25. to It's safe to say that the Tommy DeVito era is officially over in New York. I know it was fun. I mean, you had this up-and-coming undrafted free agent in Tommy DeVito playing well, but he did not play well against the Philadelphia Eagles. In fact, the Eagles jumped out to that 20-3 to lead. It was Tyrod Taylor that had the big touchdown pass that cut it to 30-25, to and the Eagles don't make it easy. They're always in these close games. I still think the Eagles can win out and get the number one seed because the hottest team right now is the Los Angeles Rams, and they are capable of beating the 49ers. Matthew Stafford is one of those uh, guys that can move the ball in the 49ers. And one mistake here, one mistake there, the 49ers could lose that game and they could miss out on the number one seed throughout the playoffs. All right, so you got the Eagles there taking on the Cardinals week 17 and then they're back hosting the, uh, they're taking on the Giants on the road in New Jersey. All right, the Raiders beating the Chiefs. This was the biggest shocker of the Christmas lineup. So I was spending Christmas with my family, and uh, I actually was watching the Nickmas game, which was pretty cool. They had the Ninja Turtles that were uh, commentating, and uh, you also had some pretty cool graphics. You had sightings of Taylor Swift, and I actually think, when I thought about this game, this was Patrick Mahomes' worst game as a Kansas City Chief. The Chiefs are not the same team as that team that won the Super Bowl. Here's a couple of reasons why the Chiefs are not the same team. Number one, they don't have a number one receiver. Rashid Rice could get there someday. Kadarius Toney, way too many drops. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I mean, come on, he was a number two, number three in Green Bay. The Chiefs don't have a number one receiver. Travis Kelsey's getting older. He's not the same player. He might be banged up. And is Taylor Swift a distraction? I'm serious. Is Taylor Swift the next Jessica Simpson in this league? Because remember, Jessica Simpson was dating Tony Romo back in 2009, 2010. And uh, Tony Romo had his worst game 
They lose. They were an overall number one seed. They lose to the Giants. That was when T.O. went on that rant. That's my teammate. That's my quarterback. You know, it was, yeah. I think that Taylor Swift is starting to become a distraction for Travis Kelsey. Look, the Kansas City Chiefs, you don't lose to the Raiders at home in Arrowhead. I think the Raiders sent out a message. Their interim coach, Antonio Pierce, should get the full-time job. They're playing hard for him. The Raiders are still alive for the playoffs. But the Kansas City Chiefs, I can't explain it. If Patrick Mahomes doesn't have protection, if he doesn't have the weapons, if things aren't going well, they could start unraveling. And it really was that Chiefs defense that kept him in the game because Patrick Mahomes... Had a fumble re- return and a pick six. And when you give up two defensive touchdowns, you're not going to win the football game. And the Raiders were lucky to win that game because they were up 20-7. to Patrick Mahomes was driving down the field, and they scored that touchdown and made it tight. But how about the former Georgia running back, Zamir White, icing the game for the Las Vegas Raiders, and they get the big victory. The Chiefs, well... They fall to 9-6. and six. They play the Bengals, then they play the Chargers next. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are a lock for the number three seed, which is not going to fare well for the Chiefs because they could end up playing the Buffalo Bills in that wild card round in the first round of the playoffs. I think the Chiefs are going to be an early playoff exit. This is not a Super Bowl team. They might win a playoff game, but if they have to go on the road against a Baltimore or a Miami, the Chiefs are going to be in trouble. I think they're missing their offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. That was a stable offensive coordinator. They played hard for him. He was motivating them. Look, Matt Nagy, I just don't know if he is the right guy. How about Steve Spagnola? I think the Chiefs defense really is the story for the Chiefs this year. They have great players. Javarius Sneed, Chris Jones. they got a lot of players that play hard for Coach Spagnola. But it is the dynasty over. It's too early to tell. I think that the Chiefs might try to address getting a number one receiver. And they'll be back. Anytime you have a a player like Patrick Mahomes, who, by the way, was running for his life in that game, that pass rush with Max Crosby and the Raiders really hurt Patrick Mahomes. All right, we're going to go and take a break. And when we come back, I will recap everything else that's going on in Week 16. You don't want to go anywhere. It's the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We will be right back. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home, offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control, repair, bond, best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control, 34 Jefferson Street, Newton, 770-954-9941. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. With your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Fridays, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. In 50 feet, turn left. 
Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in point one miles. <sighs> Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Tune in each Sunday morning right here on WQEE 99.1 FM for the key for help from a high with Bishop Daniel Hardaway Sr. of Redemptive Life Worship Center at 9 a.m. Hear the Word of God and soak it in. You can join us for our live Sunday service at 10 o'clock a.m. till 12.30 p.m. at Redemptive Life Worship Center at 2265 Highway 54 in Marlin, Georgia. Have a blessed week. Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia-Alabama Sports Live. Let's talk about the other games that happened over week 16. First of all, I hope you enjoyed your holiday break. It was just a great slate of games. Games with playoff implications. Let's start with Saturday night. You have the Cincinnati Bengals. They took on the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers came out and punched them in the mouth 34-11, to mainly because the Steelers are a pretty good team. George Pickens is starting to look like an elite wide receiver, and they're playing at home. You got that defense. Mason Rudolph, he had two long touchdown passes to George Pickens. And the Steelers, they still have an outside shot at making the playoffs, but 8-7, and seven, it looks like that streak of non-losing seasons for head coach Mike Tomlin is still intact as the Pittsburgh Steelers. A little bit tougher schedule next week as they will take on the Seattle Seahawks. Meanwhile, the Bengals' playoff chances have pretty much eroded at this point, especially since they got to play the Chiefs next week and then they got to play the Browns. The Saturday night game, the Bills taking on the Chargers. This game was a little bit closer than a lot of people expected. And this game was also on Peacock. A lot of people that did not have a Peacock subscription was mad that they could not see this game. I'm not a fan of the Peacock-only games, but the Buffalo Bills... They get a huge 24-22 victory on the road. And it looked like they were down you know, in this game. And uh, Tyler Bass, 29-yard field goal to win it. And this is what Buffalo's identity is, that they're just going to run the ball with James Cook. Gabe Davis had a pretty good game. He had 130 yards. And the Buffalo Bills are now 9-6. and six. And I think that they are going to be a playoff team. Probably going to be the number six seed, and they are going to play a game on the road. Now, hear about this. Check this out. If they win out, I'm talking if they beat Miami Week 18, they could win the division and host a home playoff game. So that is still on the table. But let's see what the Buffalo Bills do next week. They're taking on the New England Patriots, and then they will take on those Miami Dolphins Week 18 and let's see what the Dolphins do against the Baltimore Ravens next week. I will preview Week 17 later on this week, but we just got a lot to get into. Let's start with the Christmas Eve games. Wasn't it nice that we had football on Christmas Eve? And how about Joe Flacco? He has got to be comeback player of the year for the Cleveland Browns. They get a decisive 36-22 victory over the Houston Texans. The Cleveland Browns are 10-5. It looks like they are going to make the playoffs. Amari Cooper with 265 yards 
And Joe Flacco is the main reason, and also Kevin Stefanski. When you have a quarterback like Joe Flacco, who's 37 years old, he was on the couch a couple of weeks ago, but he is a Super Bowl MVP quarterback. He won a Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens. This is a quarterback that is capable of winning some playoff games, and the Cleveland Browns have a pretty good defense, and they got some weapons on offense as well, and they beat the Houston Texans that were without C.J. Stroud, you know, the, this Houston story was nice, but just not having C.J. Stroud is too much to overcome. And the Cleveland Browns look like they'll probably get the number five seed going into the playoffs. The Jets, they beat the Commanders. This game was meaningless for both teams. They get a big win on the road. It was a comeback win for the New York Jets. As the Commanders did have the 28-27 lead, Jacoby Brissett needs to win the starting job for the commanders the jets went up 20 to nothing and uh, their season is over they have been eliminated from the playoffs seahawks a comeback win over the tennessee titans the titans are just lifeless without ryan Tannehill. will levis is not the answer at quarterback and is it possible that the seahawks get in a big road victory over tennessee they play the steelers next week and then they play the cardinals in week 18 the seahawks can win out and get a wild card berth in the playoffs and you could tell there's a drop off from when it comes to Geno Smith and Drew Locke, Geno Smith is a decent enough quarterback to get the job done for Seattle. That was a big road victory for the Seahawks. Packers beating the Panthers, you know, two teams that are eliminated from playoff contention. The Lions getting the 30 to 24 victory on the road against the Minnesota Vikings, winning the division for the first time since 1991. They are going to host a playoff game. How about the city of Detroit? If you're a Detroit Lions fan, it has got to be great for you and your team to get a huge victory and wrap up the division. The Lions are having a special season. I don't know how they're going to fare in the playoffs. And, and they could end up playing the Rams in the first round of the playoffs. That is a matchup nightmare for the Detroit Lions. I just don't like that matchup. The Buccaneers, I think they're going to win the NFC South getting the 30-12 victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. And another story who is could be considered comeback player of the year is Baker Mayfield. What Baker Mayfield has done for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has been absolutely fascinating, and he could lead the Buccaneers to the playoffs. Finally, we got you know, you've got the Chicago Bears. They beat the Arizona Cardinals 27-16. I think that they're just going to continue having – Justin Fields as their quarterback. I think that he, with some weapons, the Bears have good defensive pieces. I still think they could beat the Falcons in Week 17. They could win out, and even though they are eliminated from the playoffs, they do have the number one draft pick, and so the future is bright for Chicago. But is Justin Fields going to be the quarterback? And then you have the Dolphins beating the Cowboys. The Cowboys just can't win on the road against teams with a winning record. The Miami Dolphins, they, they had Tyreek Hill. He was back in the lineup. He wasn't 100%, but Jalen Waddell left this game. And the Dolphins were able to get the 22-20 victory, even though the Cowboys had a touchdown pass from Dak Prescott, 327 left to go. But the Dolphins were able to march all the way to the length of the field and kick the game-winning field goal. Jason Sanders, when time expired, the Miami Dolphins still in play for the number one seed in the AFC. Looks like the Cowboys are going to get the number five seed, and they're going to go on the road in the playoffs. 
But all the talks about Dak Prescott being MVP, it's been put to rest. The Cowboys are just not the same team when Dallas is on the road. And Tyron Smith didn't play in this game. So when Dak Prescott does not have his left tackle and Dak Prescott has to get in a shootout, it is a different story. He's got to have his offensive line intact. He's got to have a running game. And he's also got to have a lead for him to be successful. Yeah, the Cowboys lose that game. The Sunday night game, the New England Patriots beat the Denver Broncos. The Broncos' playoff chances are starting to slip from their fingers. And the New England Patriots, they're still playing hard, but you know, getting that top five draft pick, I still think they're going to pick a quarterback in next year's NFL draft. Maybe Bill Belichick stays with the Patriots because they're playing hard for him. They're not going to give up, and they're going to play hard. And let's talk about the local team here in Georgia, the Atlanta Falcons, that played a perfect game. They really did. This was a flawless game. This is what Falcons fans were hoping for all season long. They beat the Indianapolis Colts 29-10, and the key is Taylor Heineke did not make the big mistake. Yeah, Taylor Heineke's limited. But the Atlanta Falcons did what they were supposed to do. And it just goes to show, Desmond Ritter was losing football games for the Falcons. There were four games in there that they lost because of Desmond Ritter. And Taylor Heineke had a good game. He passed for 229 yards and a touchdown. But John Robinson needs to be utilized more. He is your bell cow back. you got to utilize him more. Although I do like Tyler Algier in the run game as well. But the defense has really been the story. For the Atlanta Falcons. Jesse Bates is going to be an all-pro. And I like Caden Ellis. He's the leading tackler. And they did have some pieces that have been injured, like Grady Jarrett's been out for the season. But you got some good pieces, and this team has got talent. You just got to figure out the quarterback situation. Can Taylor Heineke be the starter? No, I think he's more of a backup. But it was a good win for Taylor Heineke to win in front of the home crowd. He played football at Collins Hill, won a state championship. And for him to get in there and get the win, and it was a win where the Falcons felt comfortable. And, you know, I was a little optimistic. Jonathan Taylor was back in the lineup for Indy. They go down and they score that touchdown first. Garner Minshew is a pretty good backup quarterback. I predicted that the Colts were going to beat the Falcons because they were 8-6 and six and they were looking like a playoff team. But losing this game... It really diminishes their playoff chances. They play the Raiders next week. You know, the Raiders are fighting for their playoff lives, and then they take on the Houston Texans. Who knows if C.J. Stroud is back for that game. Well, that is NFL Week 17, and I know that that was a lot to cover. You know, when I do these shows and I don't have guests and I go an hour long on WQEE, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sign off on Facebook Live and YouTube and then the remainder of the show is going to be audio only for the radio audience. But I just I appreciate everybody being just patient with me and finally doing a show. I mean, some of the other stuff uh, that we got to talk about, you know, before I close this show, we got to talk about Border Wars. Oh yeah, it's coming up tomorrow. Border Wars on the campus of Glenwood. Here are some of the brackets. Starting at 9 o'clock in the morning, we got the Lee Scott girls taking on Otaga Academy. You got the Lee Scott boys taking on Deerfield Windsor, a private school out of Albany, Georgia. And then the Calvary Christian Knights, 
They are hosting Otaga Academy on the boys' side. That should probably tip off about 1.30. You can catch that game on Georgia Alabama Sports Live. So we have a quadruple header tomorrow on Georgia Alabama Sports Live as part of the Border Wars. We will be live streaming that Calvary Otaga Academy game that will start around 1.30, depending on that game at 12, whether it ends between Lee Scott and Deerfield. And then we got the Glenwood Girls. Taking on Southland Academy out of Americus, Georgia, followed by the Glenwood Boys. Taking on Abbeville Christian Academy. And then wrapping off the quadruple header on Georgia Alabama Sports Live, we have the Calvary Christian Lady Knights taking on Edgewood Academy up in Edenton, Georgia. That's way up in northeast Georgia. Uh, you also have Edgewood taking on Southland, but we are not going to be live streaming that game. And then when you're looking at the bracket, you know, we got some teams that could face each other off. We might have about three games on Thursday. And then the championship game for the Board of Wars is going to be Friday. So it's a new format for the Glenwood Border Wars, and it should be a lot of fun. Now, oh, up in LaGrange, we got the LaGrange Toyota Classic. We got some local teams in the Tri-City area that's going to be playing in this. Here's the schedule for the LaGrange Toyota Classic starting December the 28th. So this is going to be on Thursday. It's going to be a two-day event. It's going to be Thursday and Friday. You got Noonan taking on Lovejoy at 11 o'clock. You got the Hardaway Hawks taking on the Chiefs from McIntosh at 1230. At 2, you got the Opelika Bulldogs taking on Woodland of Stockbridge. At 3.30, you got Northgate out of Noonan taking on Northeast out of Macon. And then at 5 o'clock, you have Terrell taking on Carver of Columbus. And then Springwood out of Lynette. That is the AISA school over in Lynette, Alabama. At 6.30, taking on Lithia Springs. And then to wrap everything up on Thursday night, you got the home team, the LaGrange Grangers, taking on Best Academy. Now on Friday, you got Northeast of Macon. At 11 o'clock, taking on Noonan. Then at 12.30, you got Lovejoy taking on Opelika. Then at 2, you have Woodland Stockbridge taking on Hardaway. Then you have New Manchester taking on Northgate. The Carver Tigers at 5 o'clock taking on Lithia Springs. McIntosh is taking on Springwood at 6.30. And finally, wrapping it up, the LaGrange Grangers taking on Terrell. So it is just boys only. It is the LaGrange Toyota Classic up at LaGrange High School. They built that gymnasium a couple of years ago. It's a nice gymnasium. I really want to go there. I've seen pictures of it inside. A big shout out to Michael Buchanan who's, you know, been covering LaGrange for years and you know, he's been sharing that and Kevin Eckleberry is going to be covering that as well. So, you know, I'll try to keep you updated, you know, doing the score updates like I always do. And then also we've got Columbus State Cougars and Lady Cougars in action this weekend and then we got the Columbus River Dragons. They will host the Carolina Thunderbirds for a game this Friday at the Columbus Civic Center. And then they're back on the road Saturday and Sunday. They did lose to the Carolina Thunderbirds for a third time in a row last weekend up in Carolina 6-3. A big shout-out to Zach DeBozar, who was filling in for Tom Callahan for the play-by-play, -play, as he does live up in North Carolina, and heard him on the broadcast. It was nice to hear him on the broadcast for the River Dragons hockey, and so it was a lot of fun. All right, it's been a blast, but we have got to end the show. I want to thank all my listeners who have watched me on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel, and you can catch a replay of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned. We're going to sign off for the Facebook Live, YouTube Live audience only 
We're going to take a break for the radio station. We'll be right back. I'm going to have another show for you here on the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Have a great rest of your night, everybody. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location. Bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Hey, sports fans. It's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. Final segment of this show before I close things out and hand it off to Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Well, we had a busy night in the NBA last night. And let me tell you something. The Atlanta Hawks are just not that team. They lose to the Chicago Bulls 118-113. to DeMar DeRozan with 25 points. And the Hawks didn't have any stoppers. Nobody can stop DeMar DeRozan. And the Atlanta Hawks led for most of this game. And the Bulls were able to close it out. Hawks are 12-18, and and they are taking on the Sacramento Kings at State Farm Arena this Friday. And I tell you what, I don't know if this Atlanta Hawks team is going to even make the play-in tournament. There's seriously something wrong with this Hawks team. And there is talks that DeJounte Murray might get traded away. That the only player that is going to be safe is Trey Young because he is the franchise player. It was nice to see Jalen Johnson back in the lineup, but DeAndre Hunter is going to be out for two weeks. Look, I know that the NBA after Christmas, that's when we start paying attention to the games. I actually enjoyed watching the Christmas lineup. Let's start with the Knicks. They beat the Bucks 129 to 122. You had the Denver Nuggets in a thriller beating the Golden State Warriors 120 to 114. The Denver Nuggets, the defending NBA champions right now would be the number 2 seed behind the Minnesota Timberwolves. And do they have what it takes to repeat? Cuz they still have all the pieces from that championship team with Nikolai Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. But there's another team that looks poised to make a big championship run, and that's the Boston Celtics. They had no problem against the Los Angeles Lakers, 126-115 to at the Crypto Arena. LeBron gets injured in the game. I remember 
he collided with Jalen Brown. Anthony Davis scored 40 points. And the Boston Celtics just has so many scores. I mean, you have Christoph Porzingis with 28 points. Jason Tatum, even though he shot 6 of 15 with 25 points. Drew Holiday is a great two-way guard. Derek White is lethal from behind the arc. And, of course, Jalen Brown. And I got to think that the Boston Celtics top starting five, it rivals what the Boston Celtics used to be back in 1986. Remember, the greatest Boston Celtics team that was ever assembled. I don't know if they have Hall of Fame players like that Boston Celtics team. And I don't even know if they're as good as the big three that won the championship in 2008 with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. But this Boston Celtics team is really good. And this is a type of team that has got to win an NBA championship. Otherwise, Joe Mazzullo may not be the guy. I think he was a little bit of a drop-off from Maime Adoka. But can the Boston Celtics, if they get into a Game 7 series with the Milwaukee Bucks or the Philadelphia 76ers, can you rely on Jason Tatum to get a big basket? That is the question. Other than that, the Boston Celtics have the best record in the NBA, 23-6. and A good showing on Christmas. I actually liked when LeBron was in there. He was getting big-time minutes. He had 16 points, but he had close to a triple-double. And LeBron is 39 years old and still playing at this level. He's playing like a top-five player in the NBA at 39 years old. Incredible. Hey, the Heat beat the Sixers 119-113. to Eric Spolstra just does not lose on Christmas. Jaime Joaquez Jr. scores 31 points. Another hidden gem. All these hidden gems that the Miami Heat have is absolutely incredible. This is what they do. The Miami Heat will find undrafted free agents and make them stars. Look at what they did with Duncan Robinson. Look at what they did with Max Struess and Gabe Vincent. Tyler Hero, You know, even though he's a first-round pick, he had a good game, 22 points. Bam Adebayo, 26 points. I mean, why can't the Heat? get back to the NBA Finals. It's not a flash in the pants. Right now, they would be the number five seed. I'm looking at the Eastern Conference. The Miami Heat are the number five seed. The Orlando Magic, it looks like that's the odd team in there. A lot of people think, will the Magic drop off because their record is incredible and they're really playing better than what a lot of people expected them to play. All right, now let's go into some of the other Christmas games. You know, because I I didn't have a show yesterday, so I want to recap all the Christmas games. Dallas Mavericks beat the Phoenix Suns 128-114. Luka, he scores 50 points. He eclipsed the 10,000-point mark for his career. He is just a fascinating player. He could be an all-timer. I don't want to talk about that Luka, Trey Young trade because they're both great. Both teams won that trade. But I want to talk about the Phoenix Suns and how they have completely underachieved. They knew that Bradley Beal was injury prone. They don't have a whole lot of depth. I think getting rid of DeAndre Ayton was a huge loss for the Phoenix Suns. And they are 14-15. and 15. That's not going to get it done, and they wouldn't even be in the play-in game right now. The Phoenix Suns have really been the most disappointing team, and I think that Frank Vogel is going to get fired. He wasn't the answer for the coach. 
You've got to get a coach in here to rally this team. And they really put all their chips in the table by getting Bradley Beal, shipping off Chris Paul to Golden State, and trying to create a big three with Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Beal. It's not going to work, and the Phoenix Suns are in trouble. Some of the NBA games from yesterday, you know, I talked about the Hawks losing to the Chicago Bulls. How about the Memphis Grizzlies? They're 4-0 with John Morant in the lineup. They get the overtime win over the New Orleans Pelicans. And you don't think that John Morant makes a difference on that team? He has been playing incredible. The Oklahoma City Thunder get the win over the Minnesota Timberwolves, 129-106. And if you look at the NBA standings in the Western Conference, the T-Wolves still have the best record in the Western Conference. But catching up to them, winners of five straight are the defending NBA champion Denver Nuggets. I'm telling you, the Denver Nuggets look like the favorites to come out of the West once again, even though the Western Conference has a lot of talented teams. Denver is unstoppable on their home court, and I think that Denver has got to be the favorite. But I love the line of even a team like the Golden State Warriors. When they get Draymond Green back, they are a dangerous play-in team. You don't think Golden State can win one game because Steph Curry goes off? I still think the Warriors have a little bit left in them. They're not a dynasty anymore, but they're still a borderline playoff team, and the Golden State Warriors will be fine. As uh, we got some games today that, you know, we got the Suns and the Rockets. You know, the Rockets really have been the story of the league with Ima Odoka possibly being a candidate for Coach of the Year. 76ers and Magics, that looks like a pretty good game. Cavaliers, Mavericks, you know, we got a pretty busy slate of Wednesday night games as we wrap up 2023 and we get ready for 2024. Let's talk some college basketball because Georgia Tech had a nice Christmas weekend as they did lose to Nevada in the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic Championship, 72-64. to But tell me, uh, Georgia Tech's 8-4. I mean, they look really good. A big shout-out to assistant coach Pershing Williams, the former CSU coach that coached for Kennesaw State last year in the NCAA tournament. He is an assistant coach to Coach Damian Stoudemire in Coach Stoudemire's first year. And Georgia Tech's been impressive. Now, they play Florida State on Wednesday, January the 3rd, back at home at McCamish Pavilion on the 6th, on Saturday, taking on Boston College. And they got a very busy slate of games coming up in the ACC. Let's talk about the Georgia Bulldogs basketball team under second-year coach Mike White as they will take on Alabama A&M this Saturday. Georgia is 9-3 on the season this friday the kennesaw state owls they are going to be in action up at the simon sequoijot assembly hall in bloomington indiana taking on the indiana hoosiers kennesaw state is nine and four on the season they did lose to unc Asheville on saturday on the road 79 to 70 But Kennesaw State, I think that they can make it back to the NCAA tournament. This has just really been a great year for Kennesaw State. As I get into talking about the recap of 2023, that's one team I want to give a shout-out to is the Kennesaw State Owls. And 
what they did making it to the NCAA tournament and almost beating Xavier. I remember seeing that on March Madness, and we were all pulling for Kennesaw State, and I think they could do it again this year. They got the team to do it under first-year head coach Antoine Petaway, the former Alabama assistant. Other teams in action this week. Chattanooga is going to be at Neville Arena taking on the Auburn Tigers this Saturday. And the Alabama Crimson Tide, they are going to be in the C.M. Newton Classic taking on Liberty up in Lynchburg, Virginia, Alabama. Very disappointing 7-5 season as they want to try to ride the ship and do well in SEC play. Hey, it is bowl season, and we had some bowl games yesterday as Minnesota defeated Bowling Green. Congratulations to P.J. Fleck and the Minnesota Golden Gophers. They were 5-7. They got a waiver as they were not bowl eligible, but there wasn't enough bowl eligible teams, even though Army was 6-6. That's neither here or there. Minnesota does defeat Bowling Green by a score of 30-24 to win the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit at Ford Field. All right. Hey, Texas State, they get the bowl victory over Rice. You know, Rice hasn't been in a bowl game in so long. In the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl, 45-21. to And T.J. Finley, you know, he's that quarterback that used to play for Auburn, playing at Texas State. Texas State finishes the season 8-5. and Rice, who once had J.T. Daniels, and J.T. Daniels just decided to retire from football. I was just happy that Rice was playing in a bowl game. And then finally, I was really pulling for UNLV last night. They get blown out by Kansas in the guaranteed rate bowl. And Kansas Jayhawks, I mean, what can you say about what Lance Leopold has done at Kansas? They are a team that is going to compete in the Big 12 for years to come just because Kansas has kind of found their swagger. But here's some of the upcoming bowl games that are happening. Let's start with today. At 2 p.m., you have the Military Bowl. Virginia Tech taking on Tulane. Remember Tulane, did they defeated USC last year in a New Year's Six Bowl. And then you got the Duke Mayo Bowl. That is where they give that Mayo bath. That's crazy. North Carolina, West Virginia, both teams 8-4. and four. I don't know if Drake May is going to play in that game. A lot of players are going to be opting out. Louisville, you know, they came up short in the ACC championship. And uh, they're going to play USC in the DirecTV Holiday Bowl. Caleb Williams is not going to play. Uh, I don't know if Jamari Thrash is going to play. Troop County's Jamari Thrash. He, he announced that he is going to be declaring for the NFL draft. He was Louisville's leading receiver 63 receptions, 858 yards, and six touchdowns. He's going to be a decent receiver in the NFL. And finally, in the Tax Act, Texas Bowl, you got Texas A&M taking on Oklahoma State. And then on Thursday, you got SMU taking on Boston College in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, the Pinstripe Bowl. You got Rutgers in Miami. Pop-Tarts Bowl is NC State and Kansas State. It's the first 
bowl that has two teams that are ranked, and then you got the the Alamo Bowl, Arizona and Oklahoma. Got some big bowl games coming up. I mean, all the way up until Saturday where you have Ole Miss taking on Penn State in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. That's going to be a great event for the city of Atlanta. Auburn is traveling up to Nashville to take on Maryland, but they're not going to play Tua's younger brother as Talawa Tungavailova is opting out for this game. And hopefully Auburn can get the win and they can win in Hugh Freeze's first year. I think that would be great for a team that's trying to build a program back up. And then finally, the Orange Bowl. Georgia is a 17.5 point favorite for a reason. Florida State is not going to be playing any of their players. Tate Rodemeyer has opted out for this game. And even though I don't think Brock Bowers is going to play in this game, you you know that Carson Beck is going to play. You know that Georgia is going to do everything they can to try to win this game. I am confident because Kirby Smart does very well in bowl games. I wanted to see a good game. I wanted to see a full-strength Florida State team. But I think Georgia gets the big blowout. And finally, I don't even know why they play this bowl game so late in bowl season. It is the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Toledo taking on Wyoming. You can catch this game on the CW Network. And, you know, the bowl season doesn't play on New Year's Eve because that is on Sunday. And then you have New Year's Day bowls, which is just incredible, including the college football semifinals, Alabama and Michigan. Texas and Washington. I will preview those games on Friday. I will make my picks. And then we have the national championship game. It's going to be January the 8th. And that is going to be in Houston. So a lot going on in the world of sports. I cannot wait for it all. This has truly been a fun show. I'm able to come back on the air and I just appreciate all the support as I approach my two-year anniversary at WQEE. I thank Ryan O'Neill just for giving me this opportunity, and I truly have been blessed. And as we got the Border Wars today, that's going to run all the way up until Friday. Pacelli is down at a tournament down at Lee County. They are taking on Daughtry. And we also have the Toyota Classic up in LaGrange. That is going to start on Thursday. High school basketball is in full effect. I mean, we had just an incredible time calling the Muskogee County Christmas Tournament last week. The Carver Tigers ended up winning it for the boys. And the Hardaway Lady Hawks end up winning it for the girls. But the third place games, I didn't get a chance to cover this on Friday. The third place games, the Hardaway Hawks get the big win over Shaw. I think that Coach Mills has his best senior-led team with what I like to call the big three, Antonio Dorch, Lamel Mims, and Makai Benton. They were able to get the win over Shaw. And I think that Shaw just probably had their heads down after blowing that 40-19 lead over Carver in the semifinals. But, you know, they get to play Hardaway two more times in the region. So that is going to be fun. I I can't wait for that. And then the Shaw Lady Raiders, they win third place by getting the win over Spencer. And it was really, Tierra Tucker stole the ball. They were down by two. She stole the ball, scores a basket. Then she steals the ball again. 
and scores the basket. And that was just a clutch performance by Tierra Tucker. And that's a player to watch if you're the Shaw Raiders. That is going to be a player that is going to be on the radar here in the Tri-City area when it comes to top girls basketball players in the Tri-City area. You've got to put Tierra Tucker's name up there with Jabria Lindsay, with Michaela Johnson, and with players like Michaela Reed and Lily Miller for Calvary Christian. I mean, there are going to be some incredible players. Oh, yeah, forgot about Michaela Hosley over at Pacelli. I mean, she's doing just incredible things at Pacelli, just being a dominant player that she has been. And so a lot of great basketball. I can't wait for 2024. We're going to be live streaming a lot of games on Georgia Alabama Sports Live, and I am looking forward to it. And in the fifth place games for the boys, Columbus ends up beating Northside. And then in the fifth place game, the Northside Lady Patriots ended up beating Jordan. The seventh place game you had for the boys, Kendrick beating Jordan. And then for the girls, Columbus ends up beating Kendrick. It was just such a great event all day. By the way, Pacelli got a big win over Troop County. The Pacelli girls, congratulations to Coach Bryant Thomas as they get a win over the Troop County Tigers. And Pacelli is rolling. The Pacelli Vikings, they they beat Warner Robins on Friday, but they lost a heartbreaker to Tift County in overtime. There was just a non-call right at the buzzer. Pacelli was down by two, and you had... Jaden's Ford with the tying bucket, but he got fouled and should have went to the line for the three-point play. But Pacelli loses to Tiff County in overtime. Well, that is all the time I have here on the show. I want to thank all my listeners who downloaded the podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe to the Facebook channel. Stay tuned for tomorrow's show. And we're going to do this again. We're going to try to go out on a high note for 2023. And I know that I'm also going to have my year in review for 2023. That is going to be coming up this week. Uh, I don't have any guests this week, and uh, maybe I'll try to get the guests back for 2024. I've reached out to several people out there, several coaches, uh, several media members, to see if they want to try to get on the show. But uh, we'll be rocking and rolling in 2024, and I can't wait, especially when I approach my two-year anniversary, which I'm just going to throw a big party. I'm just kidding. I don't know if I'm not. I don't know if I am or not. I don't know. All right. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you later. Bye, everybody. Help protect your family from flu this season by taking three easy steps. First, get yourself and your family a flu shot. It's quick and can protect you all season. Second, take everyday actions to help prevent the spread of germs like flu. Cover your cough, stay home from work or school if you're sick, and wash your hands often. Third, there are drugs that can treat flu illness. These work best when started early. Learn more at cdc.gov slash fight flu. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy, because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above.
When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. This is Austin Black, and I am the host of Behind the Tunes. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite songs and the journeys of those that sing them? Well, each week, we invite you to go behind the tunes and step into the stories behind your favorite Christian artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Hey everybody, this is Andy Christman. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week, my special guest is Blake Goss of New Spring Worship. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For us, that scripture came alive because he did a new thing actually in an old place. You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Christman. WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. Home of Southern Sports and Talk. Noonan, Sharpsburg, Franklin. The Baxters have a new first book. From number one New York Times bestselling novelist Karen Kingsbury, author of life-changing fiction, comes The Baxters, a prequel. The heart-pounding story of Carrie Baxter's wedding. Amidst family tension and the worst storm Bloomington, Indiana has seen in a decade. The Baxters, by America's favorite inspirational storyteller, Karen Kingsbury. Visit KarenKingsbury.com for more information. The Baxters, available now wherever books are sold. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You've been listening to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. You can catch an episode daily on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key Monday through Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. This is a podcast that covers local sports to the Chattahoochee Valley. If you would like to catch a replay of the show, you can download an episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.